Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. Yes, it's the Back Row Fantasy Show. This is Bark, and Arms is to my left. Good morning. And it is to my right. Hey, what's going on? Well, it's Monday morning. Going and, on, uh, getting on. We're sorry uh, that I told you to sit Tyreek Hill. That's the first thing I got to say today is I'm sorry. I I didn't. I didn't, did not take your advice. I whatsoever. would not take your advice either. Not on that. Good Lord. It was just my not so obvious sit of the week. I mean, just. Yeah, obviously never sit Tyreek Hill. Obviously you cannot now. And the uh, first thing in order for me, I've got to apologize to uh, Frank Gore. Hey, buddy, I'm sorry. You uh, you're you're still pretty decent. I'm not I'm not mad at you. It's, it's a fluky week, but okay. Listen, I, I I watched the game and I watched the way he ran. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, Frank. I'm sorry. I, seriously, he he is pretty good behind Miami's line as as opposed to Indy's. Frank Gore looked like he was 25 yesterday, and somehow my fans eked out the win over the Bears. I'm not a Dolphins or Bears fan, so uh, I did not catch it. There's a picture of you in a Dolphins shirt. <laughs> and Dolphins headphones. Uh, True. Yeah. Means Clos- nothing, apparently. Closet Dolphins fan there. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a a weird week, though. I mean, Latavius Murray had the second most rushing yards this week so far. Coming into Monday night, yeah, Latavius Murray was money. Yeah. I mean that 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 would have been an easy call. I'm not sure why nobody made it. I mean, the Cardinals' rushing defense is not good. I, I I called that their their rushing defense was not good, but but I mean, I Latavius. just said Dal, uh, Dalvin would be the guy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe Dalvin was hurt or out early in this game. I didn't catch. I believe he was uh, doubtful coming in. But uh, at the time that we uh, we were recording, I think he still had a, a chance to play. So right, and uh, that didn't happen. Didn't come to fruition. He didn't play. But Jameis Winston, one of our not so obvious, uh, you know, starts of the week. Most of the fantasy community called this, so there's no credit due here. But four touchdowns, good week for him. Uh, Ravens wide receivers. I missed a little bit on that. I mean, Crabtree had a good game, and they they killed the Titans. I mean, he beat the heck out of Colin Curtis Samuel. Was a possible start. He had a tackle. He had a tackle. He, he In IDP tackle. leagues, Curtis Samuel did not leave you with a goose egg. No, he did not. He scored one and a half. Well, wait. Was it one and a half in our league format? In that particular league, yes. Yes. A lot of them, it's one. Curtis, Curtis Samuel. <laughs> Stud of the week. Curtis Samuel. One tackle on special teams. So, I mean, we'll go down some. Are we, are we tooting or not <laughs> no, admitting our mistakes right now? We're just, no, no, I'll admit whatever. Just... just it was a it was a rough week for the back row. Let's just let's just call it that. Not completely. I mean, Jared Cook told you to sit him. He had ten yards receiving. You guys hit on some too. It just, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's a superstar. Austin Hooper just absolutely just he's, killing it. This he's week. a stud. There's there's no other way to spin it. Austin Taylor Cooper. Gabriel had his typical. Uh, Taylor Gabriel seems like a wide receiver who's going to go for a hundred yards every game right now. He, he's getting the volume, and he's electric with the ball in his hands, and he's just so cheap. By the way, just tossing out here, Austin Hooper did finish number one in tight ends. That's not a surprise. I've told you he's good all year, but you apparently just 
Well, he's, still, he's been bad all games except for, the, I mean, not he bad. Hasn't. He's like top five tight end. Just because he always gets a freaking touchdown. Pass yeah. the, throw the ball to Julio Jones. Actually, he's had problems getting in the red zone in the past. I mean, this is. This I know. Is, he, he catches a lot of balls. He does now. Usually three. Usually he does three. now. I don't know what happened, but Austin Hooper should be on your radar now. Now now I'm regretting. I think somebody offered me Austin Hooper for, like, Chris Herndon at the height of Chris Herndon's, like, camp hype. Like, oh, this rookie's going to be pretty good. I'm like, I'm not trading this guy for Austin Hooper. Mistake. Mistake. Oops. Number six tied in in Fantasyland. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have number four and five, so I'm still okay. Holding off Rob Gronkowski. For, for number six, for about six more minutes. What did uh, what did Gronk do last night? Anything? Not a ton. It's kind of a another. I mean, he was top ten <laughs> tight end this week, but didn't didn't twelve take points. Much to do I that. mean, just kind of in that mid tier range. Same with C.J. Uzma, Ricky Seals Jones, Travis Kelsey. Didn't put up a big game either. Just all hanging around ten points. I mean, you, you you like to see a tight end, you know, break the 100 yards, and that's where you're like, yeah, that, that's definitely a top three guy. And literally none of them did it this week, which is kind of shocking. Yeah, and, it's, I, is it time to move on from Gronk if you can get a good package? If you can get an Austin Hooper. I mean, and, no. No, at this point, just you you got to be comfortable with Gronk. I mean, the establishment of Sony Michelle, which, by the way, I mean, he's top ten running back. He's he's going to finish the year as a top ten if he continues his pace. I mean, pretty much if he doesn't get a hundred yards, he gets like ninety five and a touchdown. I mean, last night he finished uh, with I believe over a hundred and a touchdown. Pretty solid showing in Michelle. So that takes some of the pressure off of you know the receiving game. They get Edelman back. That's going to take a little bit of the pressure off Gronk. And you know it, the team. The more they have Josh Gordon, that's more pressure off of you know Gronk and Edelman in the running game. I mean. They're developing into what the Patriots are every freaking year. A, a nice, solid team that wins games that they should win and, you know, is very competitive, if not winning games that should be at least close with really solid competition like the Chiefs. Is the Josh Gordon thing going to work out for New England? I don't think it needs to be Josh Gordon as a thousand-yard receiver for it to be considered success in, in New England. Well, we're, we're, talking, we're talking fantasy, they, though. I was, I, I was going to say, they're playing with house money with Josh Gordon. They're playing with house with house money at this point. Fantasy wise, no, I don't think it's going to work out. Work out. You saw what they want to be right last night, which is a a balanced team for the first time in a while. Like it's you, working. Yeah, you it, it is working now. Let's say Sony Michelle was in position to get touches at the goal line, uh, a little more than what what the Patriots typically do. I mean, typically they're scoring from a little further out. They will throw the ball into the end zone, but. Sonny Michelle, they came off the quick turnover. They're just like, hey, let's punch this thing in. That's how he got one of his one of his touchdowns. The thing that's a little concerning for me, he was he's just not involved in the passing game. But we know he can catch the ball. We know he can turn it upfield. No receptions. Eh, that'd be the only bad thing to highlight. But with only one target, and I know you mentioned the Gordon not working out. You know he led the team in targets with nine. I mean, corralled five of them for 42 yards. Is that a great game? Absolutely not. But still finished with nine points. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not – I guess the question was, will it work out in, with the Patriots? Hey, okay, it could. But Josh Gordon hasn't played in three years. I mean, he's 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 got to get himself in shape. He's got to get himself 
back into that what 2014 form i mean that's going back a ways and asking for a lot well the crazy thing is like i I feel like every time josh gordon gets reinstated and plays we make excuses for him i mean the last time that's what i'm saying like it's yeah the last time that he got cleared to play and came back uh he was not that great let me remind you terrell Pryor was a thousand yard receiver in cleveland also and he's done absolutely nothing like less than nothing brian hartline for miami was a thousand yard receiver one year and i mean he doesn't even play in the league and he's not old terrell Pryor has touched down three games in a row sorry He's not done anything. Was not. I mean, he's he he has contributed. He has contributed to the Jets. Terrell Pryor has. He's not contributing to our fantasy teams. Not unless you're really thin at wide receiver and you're starting Terrell Pryor as your wide receiver three and getting that six points plus one plus eight points eight points a game, which is not nothing nothing bad, but it's not. You can't count on it. He can't score every single game. Not going to happen. He's yeah. not a good wide receiver. They're they're very com, they're very comparable. Uh, Terrell and and uh, Josh Gordon, and for fantasy know, purposes, whenever, obviously. When, yeah, whenever no, whenever you're no, not even uh, that. See, like Terrell Pryor's worse than Josh Gordon at fantasy purposes. But I'm just saying. I'm talking about right now. The where the path to where they're at right now is, you were the man. In Cleveland. In Cleveland. And now now you're kinda more on a mid tier. You're you're a mid tier wide receiver. Since you talked to Cleveland I, I I'm just saying like Josh Gordon, it, it that's my case. My I'm Josh Gordon might not work out. It's time to say, eh, he's never gonna be a sixteen hundred yard receiver again. It's just not that's not That's where I'm happen. at. That that's where I'm at. I, I don't know if he's gonna put it all together and be this you know, NFL great. If he if he would have like consistently played and not been suspended all of his life, I, he may have because he's talented. There's no questioning that. I just I don't. I think it's like uh, I think it's like any other job. You can't just take a whole year off and come back and, and be that rock star you were again. It, it just doesn't work that three. way. Yeah, take yeah. a full year or three off. And since you mentioned Cleveland, uh, it's it's getting a little dicey for Jarvis Landry owners out there. He, he is he is not really getting it done. He is not – I don't even think he's in the top 32, guys, of overall receivers for the year in at least PPR in our league format. I I don't think Jarvis Landry is there. I could be wrong. He He's 28th. He is 28th behind the likes of D.D. Westbrook, John Brown, Sean Jackson, Tyler Lockett. That's – Albert Wilson's outscoring him. Albert Wilson is his replacement – Sort of. Danny Amendola really is, but a lot of the those guys have had big games. I mean Albert Wilson had put up near forty this week, has has gotten there. Jarvis hadn't had his big game. He's still getting his targets. He's been a double digit target guy, uh for the six weeks. Just not the ball's just not some sort of adjustment disconnect between him and him and uh Baker's going on. So as soon as they get that down, I think Jarvis is gonna be but Jarvis is fine. I mean, he should be, but but I will add last this this week was his dud. It was an absolute dud, and then most of the other weeks have kind of been uh, subpar. But you kind of have to see this coming with knowing they were going to be down against a pretty potent Chargers offense. I would think that'd be a good game script. Yeah, for no, I'm just That's, saying they're, they're he still had nine targets. They they there's going to be some. They're going to stop somebody, and who who are they going to focus on? Probably the most dangerous player on that team, which in theory is Jarvis Landry. 
you know, you got to focus on something to stop whenever you're trying to win a game. And, you know, uh, Cleveland's not that complete offense that, you know, a lot of people hope they would be. You know, who, who are you focusing on? Who's the best player on that offense? It's Jarvis Landry. You know, by most accounts, it's Jarvis Landry. It's it's not, you know, Duke Johnson. It's not Carlos Hyde. It's certainly not Nick Chubb. I mean, the the guy you're looking to shut down is the guy who's going to hurt you the most. Yeah, well, I, more than that, I, the Chargers put pressure in Baker Mayfield's face all game long. He, he only completed uh, like 45% of his passes through two picks, so... Baker Mayfield was clearly off. Baker Mayfield's yeah. more the problem more than Jarvis Landry. Yes, I get that they get probably game planned a little bit for Jarvis, but I think most of it came to we're just going to pressure the heck out of Baker, make him force him into run mode, which he didn't do, wasn't able to do, and uh, just kind of see what happens from there. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, two the the stats speak for themselves. He had Jarvis had two catches for 11 yards on nine targets though. Yeah, the targets are still there, and could man, could you imagine if Joey Bosa played in this game? Yeah, I mean, Chargers brought it yesterday. Like the Browns, we got excited. Little little Cleveland running through all of our veins, being from Ohio, just because they've been losing for so long. And yeah, they were the Browns yesterday. But the Chargers, I mean, this says a lot. Uh, I think it says more about the Chargers than it does the Browns. Like, a- absolutely, Browns are going to be okay. The Chargers had a good game plan going into it. Like Arms was saying, you know, take Jarvis out, put uh, put some pressure in Baker's face. But the Chargers are legitimately good. I mean, you get three touchdowns, 130 yards out of Melvin Gordon. Don't really need Phillip Rivers in the passing game because you're totally up. And how about that Williams kid at wide receiver? And I'm not even talking about them. Mike. Yeah, Tyrell Williams to, seems to be the open guy. To me, if you look at the Browns' defense, I know they got torched. I mean, there's five touchdowns against them. But, I mean, you shut down kind of who you wanted to in the passing game. Right. And Phillip Rivers does what he's kind of historically done and found somebody else to get the ball to. Before it was like a Travis Benjamin or Dontrell Inman or just somebody else. And now it's, it's Tyrell Williams, which usually has decent years. But I mean, last night comes away with you know three touch or three catches for two touchdowns, 118 yards receiving. That's pretty, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. But I, I don't expect it can, to continue by yeah. any stretch of the well, imagination. Next week it could be Mike Williams with that stat line and or Keenan and Allen, Tyrell. Well, and, but Keenan's always going to kick in. It, yeah, yeah. It's just it, you don't know who's going to be who's the top option week to week in San Diego. Well, not San Diego, L.A. Yeah, I, Melvin Gordon. It's kind of hard to call. <laughs> well, yeah, Melvin Gordon. Melvin's obviously, the, one, but the most receiver. trustworthy one, and it looks like he's going to end up with that. You know, the what kind of elusive twelve to thirteen hundred yard season that that he hasn't been able to put together yet. He this has definitely been his best year so far through six weeks. Yeah, extremely consistent on the ground. Still involved in the uh, passing game when they need him. Didn't need it a whole lot yesterday because of the uh, massive lead they jumped out to. If anything, I, was, I wanted to kick in on Keenan. Had over 100 yards of total offense because he had 40, four, over 40 on the ground. So he's they're still going to find creative ways to get Keenan out on the ball. Back to Melvin Gordon, by far, by far his best year, and and he's been good. I mean, I uh, have loved Melvin Gordon since he came into the league, and he's done nothing this year but say, look, on a good off, on a good team, I'm still a good running back. I'm not just a volume guy on a bad team. And, and that's impressive about Melvin Gordon. It is. And let's, uh, speaking of Melvin Gordon, let's just run you through through six weeks, at least in our league format, which is going to be close to a lot of other league formats. Top five running backs as of right now. Todd Gurley, 
Melvin Gordon, and those two are very close. Surprisingly, I, we like Gordon, but to be that close to Gurley, pretty impressive. Saquon Barkley, impressive that he's that close to both of them. So you got Gurley, Gordon, Saquon, Alvin Kamara, which is averaging almost as much points per game as Gurley, and then James Conner. James. James Conner. Interesting stat. James Conner tied the uh, the most touchdowns on the ground through the first six or yes, first six weeks with seven. He had a couple crap, not not crap. I mean, he's, he's got it done for you no matter what. You can't be upset when a running back gets you. 11 points. By the way, I meant with the Steelers, just so we're clear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because Gurley's already done more than that so far this year. I just meant with the Steelers. But James Conner, when he puts up a big game, he's he's winning you a week. And, I mean, did you pay for him? Not a ton. Not a ton. ton. So far, he's been a great value for fantasy owners. Because I didn't pay a ton for him in the league I grabbed him in. And not to get into it again, but will it continue? It, not if Lev comes back. It cannot continue. I don't think it can. And this may have been the last game where he's a bell cow, but it's a great, 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 just another excellent showing. Just duplicates what he did in week five almost to the to the dime. You know, 115, or, or excuse me, over 110 yards, two touchdowns, four passes. He's just a little bit involved everywhere. And, man, he was so close to a third touchdown. I don't know if y'all got to see it, but flipping – Flipping into the end zone on a 20-yard run, they ruled him a half-yard short. Then they couldn't punch it in from a half-yard out. So it was almost a bigger game. A lot of that happened yesterday. A lot of those goal line stands. Friggin' Miami, Kenyon Drake fumbled on the, like, four-inch line in overtime, much to my dismay. Very... That was very sad. They won. They, They pulled it out. Kenyon Drake, the relief was evident, but... That's why Frank Gore is there. So, Frank, again, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Frank. I do want to point something out. So, uh, running backs, you you kind of always kind of – you know what you're getting. And that's why this is one of the most important uh, spots to not really reach. If we do look at the top six running backs, we can sub out James Conner for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, pretty safely. And put him at least at that number five spot. But you got Gurley, Gordon, Saquon, Kamara – what would probably be Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott in the top six. I mean, that's chalk. That's exactly where you expected everyone to finish. Maybe add in Kareem yeah. Hunt. And then, I mean, the numbers kind of start falling fairly steeply. I mean, there's it's not a shortfall to uh, James White to go from 123 points to 116. And then Kareem Hunt at 100 and, uh, 100, I was going to say, Kareem Hunt's made his comeback yeah, this he, year. He's, but, he's on it. Yeah, I mean, but it, I mean, after that, T.J. Yeldon's the ninth um, highest scorer. In- but, you, but you sub in Leonard Fournette, and actually Leonard Fournette has stats unlike James Conner, so you, if you took the T.J. Yeldon stats and add them to what Le'Veon, or excuse me, Leonard Fournette has this year, Leonard Fournette's is up there oh, yeah. right around the Zeke. And he would be if he could just stay on the field. Just stay healthy, and, and that's going to be the biggest concern right now. Right. But yeah, good point, Arms. Christian McCaffrey, you're a top 10 running back from last year in PPR formats, still right around there too, though. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're obviously in the PPR. If, if you're um, non-PPR, he's a little bit more of a struggle, but, you know, still worth having because he puts up a lot of yards typically throughout the course of a game, more than 100 from scrimmage usually. Yeah, other than James or, yeah, other than James White, you see who the other stretch at running back you would have had is up there, right? Joe Mixon? I, Isaiah Crowell. Oh, Isaiah, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you I would say Joe Mixon's at, at ten. Super athlete. Man, the Jets can put up points. It's like a it's like a uh, a box of old rags out there. Like I don't know how they're doing it, but they're getting it done. And I, granted, it's against teams like the Colts. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying the Jets, Jets, Jets. Nothing like that. But they are better than they should be with that cast of uh, misfits. It's I mean, the, Robbie the, Anderson, Terrell Pryor, freaking Isaiah Island of Crow, Misfits. It really misfit is toys up the there. The whole team is an island of misfits. Yeah, just strangely competitive. Strangely, <laughs> I don't know. Is it a good offense? I, I'm not ready to to book them yet. They did look good against the Broncos. Not week ready prior. to um, See, this is where I'm selling every jet I've got an opportunity to because oh, their schedule's about to get a lot harder. I'm just uh, not comfortable with like who who's going to be what. Is it going to be much like a lot of teams? But Bilal Powell going to be the guy at running back that week? Is it Isaiah Crowell? Are you getting Robbie Anderson, Terrell Pryor? Are you getting uh, Quincy Anunua who got hurt? So that might open things up. Jermaine Curse went nine yeah, for ninety. Yeah, Curse looked mean, good. I mean, what? Who do you play when it comes to the Jets? So to me, it's just hands off on all Jets. Not named Sam Darnold. If you need a bye week, but for a different reason than hands off of, uh, I don't know the 49ers who don't yeah. have anything going the right. Jets just have a lot going they're spreading the ball around a ton so yeah. you just don't know who the guy is week to week because they just they're being very they're uh, all really good thorough. bi-week players yes. because they could just go off for you like right. any one of them can have that big 20 point game that's your high upside play like well you know Saquon scored 30 on me so I've got a real Robbie Anderson out there and hope he has a big one yeah Oh, that's that's that makes you sick to your stomach. I hope, hope uh, Robbie Anderson comes back and matches what Saquon did for a total of the week. Nope, not going to happen. I'll tell you what else <laughs> will make you sick. Peyton Barber is back, apparently. He finished as uh, your number nine running back for the week, making Rojo basically irrelevant. So we got a little tease of Rojo, and then the Buccaneers are like, nah, not yet. Not, 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 not yet, Peyton yeah, Barber. But, but to me, you just that has nothing to do with Peyton Barber being the better running back. It Didn't has, say that. It has a lot to do with the Falcons getting torched by running backs week in and week out. I mean, the Falcons just... They're, yeah, I wish they could have got torched by Rojo. They're but. porous. I mean, they continuously allow big gains and big games and, you know, touchdowns on the ground. And, I mean... Why do you keep giving Peyton Barber the ball? He's been ineffective basically until this week. You know what? Week one, I think he had 69 yards. Other than that, trash, 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 trash. And, hey, now we've got a chance to get somebody right. Let's give it to our rookie. Oh, nope, never mind. Never mind. We're going to give it to Peyton Barber again. He's done nothing. But let's. if if, if Ronald Jones gets the ball, he probably cracks 100 this week. Yeah. I mean, that's – I, I hate to go that far. I just – to me – Ronald Jones has not looked great. So, but I mean, I'm, I'm not Barber. definitely not pounding the table for Ronald Jones to be the guy. We just all want him to be because, you know, as many leagues as we're in, somebody spent some draft capital on him. <coughs> me. And, uh, you know, mm. I would just like to see him do a little something for me in my 32 teamer. Just a little something, and he clearly hasn't. Uh, he has I, not. I, I mean, although he is my highest scoring running back in that t- in that league, they're, they're just going to play who's hot. They're not overly invested uh, in Ronald Jones. I mean, yes, they spent the they they spent a high capital. They can wait on Ronald Jones. You know, this isn't the Buccaneers' year anyway. I mean, as as good as it started with Ryan Fitzpatrick, now they're back at Jameis. I mean, Jameis is a this good team's fantasy just missing sometimes, something. But like, Jameis isn't the guy. 
You yeah. know, you just get that feeling watching this team that Jameis is not the guy. He's never going to be the guy. There's, He's just – he should be succeeding is the he thing. Should be. Good wide receiving core. Two one of the few quarterbacks that has two legitimate receiving threats at tight end. Uh the defense is kind of reeling for as much talent that's on it. It's I I maybe it's just a strictly a coaching issue in Tampa Bay. I mean he they just, sh- he just makes Dirk a lot Cutter of, should be winning football games. He should. But Jameis makes a lot of bad throws. Yeah. Now well I mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what you else can't, is, you can put up 400 yards passing if you and two do nothing to throw it. Yeah, if you do nothing to throw it because you turn the ball over. I mean, Brock Osweiler had almost 400 yards passing yesterday and three touchdowns, and uh, uh, that's the surprise of the week at quarterback. But they barely won. They barely yeah. won, but he threw the ball 44 times. So I mean, if you can't put up some yardage on 44 attempts, then uh, you should definitely not be in the NFL. But I, I just kind of liken Jameis to. I'm not saying he's Brock Osweiler. But he's just not that guy to me. Like I, I mean, don't it, think he's ever going to be elite. He's going to be a little above average, he, and that's not going to win you games if your whole team's not elite. He's a little careless with the football, and and that that's what costs him. I mean, he fumbled twice in this game, threw two interceptions. I mean, that that's that's just carelessness. You got to have more control over the ball. Be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, week in week out. I mean, out of the top five quarterbacks, five of them lose. I mean, I I was almost going to bring that up last weekend when it was, I think, like six of the top ten lost their game. You know, you had Blake Portals throwing the ball 61 times and a blowout loss, you know. So, again, you get you get James, James Winston in there as your number one quarterback this week, but it's because they're behind. It's because his own carelessness led to fur, further stats, so – what happened to the Jags defense? Speaking of that, like they got they got shredded. Like I haven't seen them get shredded in you know twenty plus games. What happened, Arms? I mean, just <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott dominating on the ground. I mean, Zeke's been. Killed. Oh, hold on. Let's go to our Ohio State correspondent, Aaron Arms. Well, it's certainly not Dak Prescott with his 183 yards, if that's what you're trying to to reel out of me. Because it actually was, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, just he's hot garbage. But you know, he's he's heck of a lot better than Derek Carr this week. There, there are now about four or five quarterbacks that you just cannot start if you're in a 32 team or bench your quarterback if you have these guys. Hold up, hold up. This is not this is if, this if, is an arms disclaimer if, here. If Dallas is going to let Dak run the ball ten plus times a game, it changes for me. If, if he does, if he does, he he definitely can get it done on the ground a little bit. But he really hasn't so far this year. I mean, eighty-two Until yards is, is pretty solid. Eighty-two yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he puts up three total touchdowns on the day. But can you expect that? I mean, who are his wide receivers? Cole Beasley and it's, I mean, and Cole Beasley. Because I like Michael Gallup from a talent standpoint, but something's there's a disconnect there. I mean, how, how it's does, called a Dak connect. <laughs> you just can't expect Cole Beasley to get in the end zone twice. That's all I'm no. saying. And listen, <laughs> Dak Dak is not. I don't want to say he's not as bad as we thought, but but I mean he really he, isn't. Though. As far as a I, real, I don't understand why y'all hate on him. Listen, you look, you're making the my own point for me right now. Listen. Saying who does he have to throw to? He has no talent Man, around him. Fantasy. Other than Ezekiel. He is fantasy trash most weeks. I'm not saying he's the worst quarterback in the league. Right. He is fantasy trash most weeks. But if he's going to, you know, tote the rock 10 plus times, we got a different story. I still don't understand that. He has been fantasy trash up to this point due to the wide receiving core. 
But in the last two years, he's been a top 16 quarterback, a top half quarterback. So I'm not going to go. You're the one straying weapons. this conversation onto Dak. He needs weapons. But I'm, I I must point out that his first two years in the league, he's been a top half quarterback. I meant to stray it to the fact that the Cowboys put up 40 points on that Jags D. That's exactly where I was originally going. It, it and what happened? What happened was Dak got it going on the ground. Cole Beasley found some openings and early. Dak got him out to a good a good start. Ezekiel F- Elliott uh, finished it off. It wouldn't have surprised me against they almost any other too. team in the league. It's just the Jags. It really surprised me. Like I, I didn't watch that game. It's difficult to believe anyone's hanging forty on the Jags. Yes, anybody, especially it, it, even, Dallas. Like I, I'm, I find it hard to believe that the Chiefs are going to hang forty on the Jags, and then Dallas does it. Right. So yeah. I mean, eh, is this this may not be the Jags year? We may not see them in the AFC North uh, title game or the AFC title game. Sorry. I mean, it feels like they're just kind of uh, reverting back to the mean of what the Jaguars have always been. Seems to be a little bit. Yes. I mean, I, I'm just gonna. <clears throat> Frankly, they just need Leonard Fournette back. Someone who can make like they, we keep trying do. to make the point that T.J. Yeldon's a good back. He really he no. doesn't provide you what Leonard Fournette no, does, which reason, is a bell cow. Reason they drafted Fournette when they had Yeldon because Yeldon never worked out. I mean, he's. Fantasy wise, yeah, we're liking him right now because he's he's getting the lion's share. But they need Fournette back to control the clock. And Keelan Cole's disappeared. Uh, All uh, of them. I, I mean, ever. I mean, somebody scores a touchdown and they're relevant. So Didi's relevant, but without the touchdown, none of those wide receivers are relevant lately. You're absolutely right. I mean, even with targets, they're just not really doing a whole heck of a lot. And it's it, it still it's hard to hard to know who's going to get the six targets this game versus the two. Yeah, defense isn't turning people over. Uh, it it's kind of a that it's one of those they just need to look themselves in the face in the face and come back and decide they're going to be get back to what they were doing last year, which was winning with defense. Right now they're just kind of reeling in all facets of the game. So, eh. They're not, even, but they're not even in bad position. I mean, you got to win over New England. What are they three and three now? Just kind of sitting where they need to be. So, yeah. so regroup and go, Jacksonville. You're in a bad division anyway. So, let's uh, let's talk about a couple massive busts. I mean, obviously Marcus Mariota week in week out, but Jared Goff, huge bust for your fantasy team yesterday. Still won though. Still won. Yeah, I still mean, still won. Rams. Still you dominated. Got, you, really. Well, yeah, you got Gurley. I mean, you're okay, but Goff. Yeah. No, no numbers for golf. Denver tossed in a late touchdown to get it under, get it to where it was a three point game, but uh, it, they were in control the entire game. Cooper Cup went down. Cooper Cup was uh, carted off this game, and then came back and played the second half. Like, yeah, you don't see that a ton. Yeah, but, but as what a diversion? I mean, he had one target for the for the whole game. I yeah, mean, just just impressive that he pulled the old the old Rocky Balboa and came back out there. As, you know, the guy on the sidelines like, I'm throwing it at the No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Who's Rocky Balboa? Uh, some guy I met in Florida once. But Deshaun Watson also killed you yesterday, and. And he started we were just off on, hot, too. We were, I know. We were just on the bandwagon. We were just like, here he comes. Here comes Deshaun. 11 points. Yeah. Starts off hot and disappears after the first quarter. Just, hey, I'm, that, that should be enough. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, here you go, fantasy owners. That's what I'm giving you this week, and I'm out. <laughs> and after the first, first quarter, it almost was enough. I mean, that Texans defense holds the that monstrous Bills offense 
to 13 whole points. I mean, the only uh, touchdown thrown in the game for the the Bills is by Nathan freaking Peterman. Nathan Peterception. Boy, he just cannot get away from that nickname. Like, he throws a terrible pick every chance he gets to play. I mean, it's like his favorite thing to do. It really is. I feel like he he goes out there and he's like, which jersey are we? I'll screw it. I think he's he thinks he's playing like Mario, and he's got the fireball. He's like, I finally got the fireball. I'm going to kill the enemy, and he throws it at the enemy. Little does he know they're going to catch it and run it all the way to the flagpole. One up. Yeah. I, I don't know. You, you lost me on the Mario talk. Yeah. No you need some culture, Chad. I'm sorry. You, need, uh, you, you, un, need, you uncultured swine. You are uncultured swine. But... Nathan Peterman, why do they keep doing that? Well, they had to. Josh Allen hurt his elbow. Yeah, he got hurt. Oh, he got a boo boo. He got got a little boo boo. He got a little nicked up. But and Nathan Peterman. Why do they still have it? No, it still doesn't really answer my question. Why do they still have Nathan Peterman? Why is an AG McCarron still on the Bills and Nathan Peterman gone? Just shaking my head, smiling right now, like for real. Like he threw five interceptions and a half in his first game. Like you should see this coming like people are all like let's get what as a bills fan you can't be mad at nathan peterman he's just terrible but he's gonna collect money like they're if the bills keep going you can be here here's eight hundred thousand dollars to be our backup he's gonna be like okay i'll do that like (laughs) i would and then i'm gonna take one of those stacks of money and i'm gonna throw it at the opposing team (laughs) i'm gonna get him and he'll probably miss them if he's attempting to throw it at him that that might be it Uh, if he goes out there and starts attempting to throw interceptions maybe that's what he needs to do he needs to aim for the defensive backs nathan peterman's the kind of guy you go to a strip club he goes to throw the money on stage and hits a guy next to him you're like (laughs) What did you, what just happened, Nathan? What just happened to Nathaniel Peterman? He's like, I come from Pittsburgh. I'm Dave Marino. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, but but seriously, Bills fans, quit getting mad at Nathan Peterman. It's your coaching staff and, right. and general management I mean, of this football team that has put you in position to play him. Right now, I'll take Doug Flutie. I mean, just anybody, just call anybody. They're an upgrade from Nathan Peterman as backup quarterback. <laughs> Anybody. I mean, at the very beginning of the season when Peterman got signed, somebody put on Twitter, you know, I'm not an attorney, but, you know, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Nathan Peterman's starting. You go into court with this, you automatically win. And they're right. I mean, there's there's 65 other quarterbacks in the league right now better than Nathan Peterman. 65? At least. At least you know there's a third stringer on a team that is better than Nathan Peterman. I knew Brock Osweiler was good. I knew it. (laughs) Brock Oswald. I knew he was good. Thank you, Brock. I mean, the Steelers have three better quarterbacks right now, and I'm not sure they've rostered three. I don't think they do roster three. <laughs> I mean, just, just I, saying. I think it's just two. Just saying. You know, I'd rather have Kevin Byard at quarterback right now than Nathan Peterman. Let's, right. uh, let's drop some wide receiver names real quick because there were some big ones. We've talked about them a little bit, but Albert Wilson was the number two wide receiver behind former teammate Tyree Kill. Uh, Nitt likes him some Cole Beasley, and Cole Beasley finally came through for Nitt, put up a big week. He was number three. Man, Adam Thielen is the pillar of consistency at the wide receiver position this season. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey may be right there with him at this pace. Alshon Jeffrey was number five. He's got a good start to his season now that he's back. The the one thing about Thielen over and Alshon is if Thielen doesn't get in the end zone, 
you still have a good week that's coming. Oh, yeah, you got 22 points without the touchdown. If he never touches the end zone every week, he's still getting you around 20. And I mean, what more could you want? And maybe I'm going off the rails here a little bit, but if I have Odell Beckham Jr., I'm finding the Adam Thielen owner and trying to trade Odell Beckham Jr. for oh, Adam that, Thielen right now. That, that name recognition alone should be able to net you Thielen and, and maybe a tight end, maybe Thielen and Ebron. You know, your team could be a lot, could possibly get a lot better. But I mean, and I'm doing it too. I, I'm not about the big names. I want to see consistent production on the field. I want to see consistent production in my lineup. So every time I see a thread on Twitter that's like, should I trade OBJ for so and so? And people are like, no, no, it's Odell Beckham. No, no, it's Odell Beckham. Like, Yes, yes. If it makes your team better, trade him. Trade him. I mean, I, I'm looking for that. I'm seeking out that trade. I'm going to offer that in the league. And he's good. Probably like I, today. Odo Beckham's going to be fine. Um, there's no alert for me on Odo Beckham. It, it's just saying Adam Thielen's a safe trade. Yeah, absolutely. I he's mean, a easy safe trade. Very. I, I'd almost go as far to say some other number two wide receivers are face, uh, like Juju. Safe trades like Juju, like Tyler Boyd. These guys are getting it done. I mean, you we no longer can just overlook them because yeah. their name is not at the top. See, of, I feel like Tyler Boyd's where my line goes. I don't he know. Is, if, he is where my line. I don't goes know if too. I can trade Odell Beckham Jr. for Tyler. No, Boyd. I'm not saying that. But it would have you, to be plus Adam Thielen. It would have to be. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely have to be plus. But the fact remains, you know, he's he's a guy. He's a guy that's getting it done right now, just like Let's, let's take a and, moment and just realize that Adam Thielen is on pace for like 140 receptions this year. Receptions. Yeah. And he might get it. <laughs> like, you, you know he's going to take a little bit of a, a step back here and there. Yeah, but he has to, this right? Is, but this is the I mean, best quarterback he's ever played with. He has not had single-digit targets at all this year. It's 12, 13, 19, 12, 10, 15. It's, Dude it, has not been targeted. It's the best quarterback he's ever played with. We've seen Kirk Cousins lock on to people. Pierre Garçon. Adam Thielen is a better receiver than Pierre Garçon has ever been in his career. Oh, Whoa. Adam Thielen. I agree with that. Oh, it, it, it's, it's not close. I mean, look at Pierre Garçon's high point. What, a 1,200-yard season? I mean, yeah, he probably caught 115 balls to get there, but if Thielen catches 115 balls this year, he's probably going to get 1,500 yards. Adam Thielen is getting open at will. There's just nothing else to it. He is getting open at will. He's not your guy that runs down the field and you high point him. He's just – he's – the guy that gets open he is a large julian edelman best right route runner in the league right now at least in the yes. six foot one and up category yeah 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 definitely uh emmanuel sanders is is just good i mean this guy's producing week in week out and he's always been a guy that's you know you kind of want to trade you don't really want to keep his name's not big enough here we at go this again point, with the names. Yeah. At this point, though, keep him. I mean, he's been extremely consistent. He's Denver's going to force it to him. For you. Yeah. They're going to throw the ball his way, and they're going to try to get him involved in a couple jet sweep reverse type uh, gimmick plays every game, also. So, uh, creating ways to get him the football. Yep. And these are guys that, you know, I, I like talking about for one reason. I mean, you, you have to compare against the names, a big name in the offseason. I know he did okay yesterday, but Allen Robinson is a pretty big name. But uh, I, I'm on trade alert with Allen Robinson right now. So the couple names that are up here in the top ten that I just, I, I've got questions about right now. So is is Wilson the real deal? I mean, it, his target shares are increasing. He's <sighs> doing a lot with what he gets. I, 
I mean, his whenever his touches are there, he's he's effective. Now, is is Albert Wilson someone that you want on your team and you're comfortable rolling out as a wide receiver three going forward? I want to say yes, but it's Miami. It's that offense. Comfortable? No. No, not comfortable. But is the confidence growing? Yes, absolutely. Like Albert Wilson, this is every player has a breakout game. Yeah, early in their career, this may have been it. You know, this may have been the one where it's like, okay. This guy's legit. Let's throw him the football. Let's create ways to get the football in his hands. Albert Wilson, we always said he's a poor man's Tyreek Hill. Almost outscores. They go one two. Does basically what Tyreek Hill did this week. I mean, very similar numbers, other than one touchdown. Albert Wilson looks like what Dante Hall should have done as a receiver. Yeah, I mean, it looks like when when he gets the ball thrown to him and short with a little bit of space. He turns into Dante Hall on a kicker punt return, and it's just he's a weapon. I just don't know about the targets. I don't know if the target share is going to be enough. Well, can't they got to get a quarterback? Uh, and I don't know if they go with Brock for the next few weeks. I don't know what's going on there, but Brock Brock isn't the answer. Oh, no. for for making Albert Wilson an elite wide receiver or a well a wide receiver one wide receiver two. What we're talking about being comfortable and confident with him week in week out. You know what I noticed about Brock though is he does not hold the ball as long as Tannehill holds the ball. The problem with Brock is Brock's not very accurate, doesn't make great decisions. But yesterday. He was getting the ball out quick. and That's I, good for Albert Wilson that's in the good, short. That is good for Albert Wilson. I, and I think if for some reason Tannehill misses another game or two, maybe you do roll out Albert Wilson out with confidence. But for me, man, anytime Tannehill is back in the game, I am not really confident in a wide receiver unless his name is Jarvis Landry and he doesn't play for him anymore. Yeah. He, between this game and his last real good game against the Raiders week three, which was he chipped two in. catches. Well, to, yeah, but he but he's turned it into big yardage. Yes, but he he also what what I was gonna say. Yeah, the two catches. Good point, bringing that up. Big game on two catches, but in those games in between, he didn't he didn't kill you. You know, no, he's four been... or five receptions. They're gonna try to get the ball to him. I mean, he's right now. All right, little name game here. Albert Wilson or Amari Cooper? Oh, uh... I think you. I think you take Amari Cooper because you could trade him. Yeah, <laughs> more like I think you could take Amari Cooper and trade him for Albert Wilson plus. But if we're talking like DFS, Albert Wilson, Wilson. all day because it's not costing you as much. Like right. it, it, Albert Wilson's a better receiver than than Amari Cooper right now. It's time I've t- I turned the page on Amari Cooper early in the season. Like I did too. After I mean, you're like, oh, ten catches. I'm like, saw this last year. Literally, I think the same stat line or something similar. No, no, and, and that's as a Raiders fan, it, it it's it's makes you sick to your stomach. And honestly. everyone heard it. Apparently, he's on the trade block. Apparently, Gruden's gonna you know sell while the getting's good on Amari Cooper. If the getting's good, I was gonna say what what getting is good because I mean what's he, what are you getting out of Amari Cooper? Right I don't now? know, but and, I can. I who's, could, who's coming to the table? I can a see pass him rusher. Play, I can see him playing for the Bills. I mean, that's where all wide receivers go to die. <laughs> so I mean, if Amari Cooper is supposed to go to his you know, his his pasture, it's probably Buffalo. He's probably going to end up in Baltimore with Michael Crabtree. That, Honestly, I could see him on, okay. like, Cle- like, Cleveland's really reeling for a wider, another they wide are, receiver. They, they signed Brashad Perriman, uh, which is a mistake. Uh, Not only signed, but 
put on the active roster. Right. So, I mean, Cooper, Cooper could ha- end up in a good situation for him. Uh, but he, in all reality, he should be thriving with Derek Carr. Seriously. Should be. I Derek, mean, they, Derek Carr throws the ball. Or they, they, they rely on Derek Carr to throw the ball a lot, and Amari Cooper's not a part of that. It's weird. It's mind-boggling. I mean, and they've been in the league basically the same amount of time. I mean, they should have all the chemistry in the world. (laughs) They should be able to close their eyes and know where each other's going, and it's just not happening. But now it's like, ah, Jared Cook's there. Jordy Nelson's of it. (laughs) Jordy Nelson, we've known each other for four months. Yeah. You're my guy. (laughs) Hey, wasn't Amari Cooper, like, sure-handed coming out of college? He he was. Wasn't he that guy, you know, that that Alabama fellow that was sure-handed and – a stone cold lock like a calvin ridley like a you know yeah i mean amari cooper has more records at alabama right now well he's second to everything to calvin ridley but he had more records than julio jones that is insanity that is insanity and now i'm kind of taking that one in uh, yeah Yeah. i mean i think touchdowns receptions and yardage i think he has he's number two in all those categories to ridley now yeah and what what happens? The NFL, he's like, oh, you're, Amari, he's you're just, supposed to use your fingers to catch the ball, not not just the palms. He's Aren't the you? wide receiver version of Trent Taylor or Trent Richardson. <laughs> Trent Richardson came out with all the hype, following a Heisman winner, a big time running back, and then it's like, oh, he's not actually good. He was just an Alabama. Maybe he's one of those Alabama products. That uh, it hurts my heart so deep because it's so accurate. <laughs> listen, <laughs> it is time. Sorry, I didn't mean to break it to you. I am on your bandwagon. I think Amari Cooper and the Browns is just a match made in heaven. Do you know? But what are you <laughs> giving up to get Amari Cooper? Well, listen, I know that's kind of Larry or uh, Manuel Ogunjobi or whatever his name is. They could use a young running back. They could use a Duke Johnson in Oakland. They could they could greatly use. I would Duke rather Johnson. have Duke Johnson on my team than Amari Cooper. Exactly. But if the if I'm the Browns, I'm like, him. nah, nah, I'm good, bro. If I'm the Browns, I'm like, yes, because yesterday a guy named Damian Ratley, six catches, eighty two yards for the Browns, a sixth round rookie out of Texas A and M. That was, uh, I believe, your leading receiver for the Browns yesterday, Damian Ratley. Give me some Amari Cooper, please. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you come up with I, I don't know how the Browns make that trade happen but it, it, it would Amari needs a change in scenery right now yeah, badly does. and I, I, the talent is there running the routes but yeah the drops are there the, the drops are glaring uh, he's not He's there's no confidence between him and Carr so no. don't expect like I, I mean right there if you're the GM you're like yeah, Derek's not even Derek doesn't even want to throw it his way. He not when he's open, he's like, hey, let's squeeze this one into Jordy." <laughs> like, uh, but then you and you look back though, and you see that ten catches on ten targets, and you're like, "Man, I mean, I'll, I mean, did he walk out and hand him off to him? I didn't get to watch the game <laughs> because apparently that's the only time he's going to catch ten balls. Were they all like shovel passes? What happened? Like." <laughs> It's hard to get away from double coverage when it's your hands that are covering, <laughs> like preventing you. Like, like, there's no like, separation. I feel you can like get his right your... hand is playing defense and his left hand is playing receiver. <laughs> just no swatting, defense. Get away. Swatting him out of his own hands. What is going on? <laughs> it's like a waiter coming through with one tray on one arm, but the other just ready to catch it in, in case someone tries to knock the, it This over. dude is booking himself. The way like they did in high school, he's just booking himself, walking by, slapping his own hand. Booking himself. I've uh, heard that a while. 
Jesus. All right, enough about Amari then, I guess. I'm just picturing him running down fighting his own demons, like, physically. <laughs> like, it's, like it's, not, it's not internal conflict uh, with him. It's, no, you don't want to catch his ball. You don't want to be in a Raiders next year. No. M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Split 2, starring Amari Cooper. <laughs> catch the ball. No, don't catch the ball. No, I've got to catch. Do you do? Don't catch that ball. Why is he talking out loud? That just freaked me out. That's uh, He should be getting a lot of targets if he's out on the field talking to himself because defensive backs are probably like creeping back away like, ooh, <laughs> this guy's got issues. Dude's weird. <laughs> His beard's weird. Uh, any other big surprises jump out off the page wide receiver-wise? Uh, I mean, besides Tyrell and Cole Beasley, I mean, you had some – you had some newish names sprinkled into the top 32. I mean, Torrey Smith had a pretty good game for Carolina. Not buying any of that? No, no, nor am I. But, I mean, if you made a DFS play on Torrey Smith and thought, hey, I'm going to roll with that that guy that used to be good, Torrey Smith, this week. Uh, Chester Rogers was a good play. Uh, one of you guys called that one. But, I mean, T.Y. Hilton out. Chester Rogers had a pretty solid uh, showing. He saved you at the end, though. I mean, yeah. I was going to say, he was atrocious until, I think, the fourth quarter. Didn't have a catch in the first half. Then you got Damian Ratley. I mean, Damian Ratley. We all saw that one coming. Uh, New wide receiver one for Cleveland, Damian Ratley. I'll give you another name to go back to the uh, who do we trade for Amari Cooper. If you got Christian Kirk. Oh, definitely. I would, for that's fantasy the purposes, I was about to bring for up. fantasy purposes. Do you go for Christian Kirk over Amari Cooper? I, I, I do. I'm not talking straight up because I want to bank off that name recognition, but give me give me Christian Kirk and something else that I can start on my team, even if it's an IDP guy. And that, that one's weird. Like, Christian Kirk isn't going to get the volume because they just don't throw the ball in Arizona. But that that's the one I was wanting to bring up. Like, Christian Kirk is slowly becoming a consistent, like, wide receiver three. And that's really that's as high as just a wide receiver three, but he's not for his dropping. Year, yeah, yeah, so that's but, what we wanted. But right now he's getting four, four or five catches a game, and he's turning it into seventy yards. He could have a big game here and there and just blow up. I Christian Kirk's a nice, another nice, not only bye week guy, but a, someone you could roll out as a wide receiver three in a little deeper formats as a flex guy in deeper formats, things like that. Let's talk a little bit of tight ends because there's plenty of surprises in there. Austin Hooper being, well, no, not a surprise. Not the arms. Not arms, a surprise Arms anymore. saw that coming from oh, yeah. two weeks away, baby. The arms in, in uh, you know, 2007 was like, man, when this guy makes it to the league. I, I do have Whenever to... Austin Hooper plays the Buccaneers in, in week six of 2018, it's he's going to dominate. He's going to dominate. Uh, but, yeah, Ebron got it done again for you. David Njoku, that super athlete guy, is starting to become a consistent threat. Once again, he's Baker. still dropping five balls a game. Oh, yeah. But when they target him 12 times, he catches seven of them. He's got Amari Cooper syndrome. Yeah, David Njoku. I does. don't know if he dropped five, but, man, the, the, I mean, he's force feeding it. And this is what you expect out of a, a rookie quarterback to try to find that safety blanket. I, I kind of wish the safety blanket had better hands. But, I mean, Njoku's getting the targets that Jarvis Landry should be getting. It, to be fair, there's not a ton That's of a tight point. ends that are known for their hands. I mean, just the elite ones. Just the elite ones. The rest of them is like, you know, you'll you'll get that ball that clanks off Jack Doyle's baby hands every once in a while, <laughs> you know. And David and Joku, it's it's just going to happen. You got to know what you're throwing to, uh, and it's risky. But he caught a touchdown. It was a solid catch. 
And Joku's a great fantasy play for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Eric Ebron got it done. O.J. Howard surprisingly got on the field and got it done. Uh, Vance McDonald's becoming a threat. And let's not forget these three that round out the top ten. Nick O'Leary, Vernon Davis, and Chris Herndon. Superstar Chris Herndon that I wouldn't trade for uh, Austin Hooper back in the offseason. Yeah, you're just going to have guys fluctuate into the top ten randomly all season long. I mean, at this point, like Greg Olson, taking Greg Olson or Jordan Reed's nine points they gave you is kind of a win. It's not necessarily a loss. But then again, nine points next week might be top ten play. Like, it's just uh, barren. I mean, I was pretty spot on with that Miami tight end touchdown. It's just the wrong guy. I like who, who would have called Nick O'Leary catching the touchdown for you know tight end at Miami? Uh, and listen, go take a look at this guy on Google. Click images when you Google Nick O'Leary. Dude looks like an O'Leary. He does. Oh, Redhead. Oh, oh, O'Leary's <laughs> TD store. Ow! I look like I could be related to Nick O'Leary. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, Kelsey. Kind of, he he just wasn't the beneficiary of the game. We talk, arms. No. You're kind of talking about, or no, Barker. You were talking about Patriots taking uh, away. That's yeah. why you said uh, tight, not to bring this up. Take, tight ends kill them. Go ahead, it's fine. You you I'll said take, take away. You were you were saying don't. Not obvious sit of the week being Tyree Kill because the Patriots are good at taking away their best. Uh, it, it's almost like the Patriots took away Kelsey. Yeah, all game. He was only involved in the run pass options from what I saw last night. It was just, uh, you know, fake it to Kareem, hit uh, Kelsey with a little quick hitter, and that's all they had. They had no no passing game going down down the field to Travis Kelsey. But I think that's more on the Patriots, just surrounding him with, with defenders more or less. Uh, then you jump on Greg Olson. Looks like his best days are behind him. You know, it, he it, is fresh a, back from an injury, though. I think this was his first game back, if I'm not he, mistaken. He is, but I'm I'm with you. I hear what you're saying. And same with Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed is just not his game anymore. He's just not an elite tight end or a top ten consistent tight end anymore. So the I, I wanted to bring up those two guys to say, eh, maybe it's time to start looking elsewhere if you can trade a Greg Olson, trade a Jordan Reed, and get one of these guys that's coming up. Like, man, an Eric, convert that into an Eric Ebron. You're doing real big upgrade consistency upgrade absolutely i uh, i'm excited about this let's talk a little bit of linebackers and what they did yesterday because there's a lot of names we love in the top 10 at linebacker this week kiko alonzo pretty unstoppable right now at linebacker he uh he was your top linebacker for the week 18 points out of kiko then you had zadarius smith fluky in my opinion cj mosley just is not doing anything coming back off that injury but then we've got our offseason darling by Zach. the way the zadarius smith thing was three sacks i mean yeah, it was I, yeah. that, that's not happening very often he's a free agent he should stay on the free agent waiver wire unless you are desperate at linebacker then we have offseason darling zach cunningham really coming on and arms's boy kwan arms's boy kwan looking like kwan I mean, Quan went on the field as one of the top five linebackers in the league. And, I mean, whenever we eliminate one of the other top five linebackers in the league due to being the, the IR, on the IR with uh, Deion Jones, 
I mean, hey, guess what? You're he. It solidifies him. That's the guy that may have been able to push him out. He's going to stay right there the rest of the year. Bradley Chubb had a fantastic game at linebacker again. You Once can't again, really three sacks. yes, three sacks. So he's not a guy that you're going to want to rush out and start starting. You might be able to put him on your roster as a bye week guy. Uh, a niddle guy, Bernardrick McKinney, number six, had a sack. Plus, getting some tackle volume. So, he he's always going to be like a linebacker three at worst. Yes. And, and with some upside linebacker one from week to week, depending on if he gets home to the quarterback. So. Absolutely. And Anthony Hitchens was seven. He's been pretty consistent as a top ten linebacker all season long. And then we get back to an arms guy, Deron Lee. I was Just a, won't I, go away. I was a Deron Lee. I'm telling you, the talent is there with Deron Lee. Just a – talk for arms right now i want to support you in the so duran you've been lee. busting my balls about duran lee from the get-go duran lee raquan mcmillan you're like no you. both of you duran lee's just just a talented guy he needed to be on the field to show it and he's on the field now is he gonna get you 10 tackles very often no no he obviously didn't this week but he's gonna be fine you know long term out throughout the course of the year he, uh, to me, he's a linebacker, too, at this point. Like yeah. Someone you could roll out with some confidence as, as your number two linebacker. If you had three of him on your team, you're doing on your IDP team, you're doing really well. Yes, and I agree. If I if somebody offered me Jerron Lee in a fair deal, I'd, I'd probably take it at this point. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch, number nine, we talked about him at length in the uh, pregame episode. He is good. There is no other way to spin it. He, you, I think you're right, Arms. I don't think he's giving that job back. I think Leighton Vanderish may end up as the top linebacker at the end of the season. I mean, he's going to be right there with another rookie in Darius Leonard. Yeah, the the rookies look good. Roquan Smith was your ten. I mean, it's it's rookie season at the linebacker position. You've got some guys aging out. I think that's why we're seeing this. Got some guys aging out. Uh, some veterans that are you know not technically at the age where they should be aging out but not really putting it up like they were the cj mosley's are just kind of lost within their own defense yeah maybe not lost but just other people are getting it done yes and i mean even luke keekley a guy that we like but i mean honestly time is going to catch up to him he's still a great linebacker he's still putting up top you know he could be your linebacker three or linebacker two but some of these flashy rookies are just putting up more tackle numbers than some Tr- of the veterans. Tremaine Edmonds also, you know, week in, week out getting it done. I mean, he's right now number nine overall linebacker. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's he's looking good as well. I mean, even Breland Speaks in Kansas City, he's a free agent in most leagues. He, he was a top 25 play just to throw another rookie out there which of course it was you know he had a sack and some tackles and i wouldn't go rushing out to grab him but just those rookies are getting Taxi acclimated and why not sure rookies seem to be getting acclimated to the game even rashawn evans got in on it yeah you're you're getting some consistency with other guys also uh vince williams is consistently getting it done for on a bad pittsburgh defense but he's getting his tackle numbers jordan hicks is getting to getting home to the ball carrier uh alex ogletree's been been pretty solid i mean you got you still have these like mid-tier names that are doing mid-tier things that aren't hurting you i mean you can still go after the names but these rookies are like, where it's at that sounds like a segment Mid-tier names doing mid-tier things <laughs> with Nick. That's my MO. That's what I love out of my fantasy team. Give me consistency, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, again, back to some of those names that are still playing well, but middle of the pack. Telvin Smith, 
I mean, he just he doesn't seem like he can put a top five finish on the board at linebacker this season, but he is consistently in the top 20 week in, week out. So, rookies, man. Rookies. Rookies. Rookies and young guys. Corey Littleton's another guy to, to look out for. He's been playing extremely well in w- – in the absence of who I just mentioned, Alec Ogletree going to New York, uh, Corey Littleton's played very well for the Rams this year. Another name to like get on board with. Defensive ends, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of arms favorites again, and, and a little sprinkle of ours. But Frank Clark was your top defensive end in, in IDP fantasy this week. Chandler Jones, you know, consistently in that top ten, he was there. Then you had Michael Bennett and our boy Daniel or Danielle Nitt, Hunter. I'll go Daniel. Okay, good deal. I'm good I'm, deal, Daniel. Daniel Hunter, number four, and y- y- Yannick. How you say that last name, Arms? Ngakau. Ngakau. By the way, I sat him. I regret it. Setting for Cam Hayward, though, based on the matchup, I, I just liked uh, Cam's chances of getting some more action. Well, you know. Disappointing. Disappointing. Disappointed in myself. I also set Terrell Pryor for Curtis Samuel in a league. Oh, I'm pretty, pretty Nick, weak. Can we give him pretty let's, weak let's, at a, let's get him on Oh, this. wait. Did I make the wrong call setting Terrell Pryor? Come on, man. Well, yeah, with with Curtis Samuel, that's almost people, you know, he's uh, on the waiver wire and in 99.8% of leagues, Curtis Samuel's <laughs> in the waiver wire. So, yes, yes, you made a mistake. Look, I, I would have started Pryor with no hesitation if if it was down to Pryor or Curtis Samuel. I struggle. No hesitation. I, I mean, no I, hesitation. I got I got Mike Thomas on the buy in that league. I, it was it, it was rough rough treading, <laughs> rough, rough treading. <laughs> I'd have started Jeremy Macklin. No hesitation over Curtis Samuel. Pretty sure he's not on a team right now. I, say, I don't think he's playing anywhere. Exactly. But... I would have took the chance that a team right before kick out kickoff is like sign here, put on the helmet, and get out there. Over Curtis Samuel. Run streaks. Run streaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is more than Curtis Samuel did yesterday. Oh, man. Poor Curtis. Did he even get on? Well, yeah, he had to. Yeah, he, 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 got got a, a, he got a tackle, okay? Off of a DJ Moore fumble, he, he tackled the... <laughs> All right. He was there. He, he helped his team out. We can't say he did nothing for him. Hey, listen, Curtis Samuel, actually, I think if he was on a wide receiver depleted team and they focused on him, kind of like Miami used to do with Landry, you might be able to get wide receiver three numbers out of him. But the the fact remains, 31 out of 32 teams that he could play for are going to have two or three receivers that are let me Let me him. sum it up for you, Arms. He's Tyvon, Tavon Austin. There we go. That's his high end. That, that's the go. best Curtis Samuel can – Curtis Samuel, his high end – is Tavon Austin? I tend to agree right now. There we. Hey, I'm not going to be very argumentative this morning after <laughs> after what happened in most of my leagues last night. It Still was, morning here. Yeah, I mean, guys, let's just face it. We all know I'm a I'm a Buckeyes homer, but you know he looked. Well, and we I, know. Listen, I know it's I know it's the preseason, but he looked really really good in the preseason. He got a ton of targets. You know, every time he got the ball, he had basically 20 or 30 yards. You're like, man. He's, he's going to be all right. And he had the little heart issue, ends up – I mean, there's no such thing as a little heart issue. Had a, The issue got it resolved. I thought, wow, he, he's getting a little bit of targets, first game back, let him get acclimated into the system, and then they just don't even look into his direction. It's sad. Nope. Let's talk defensive backs. A lot of waiver wire guys. Buddha, 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 rocking everywhere. Besides Buddha, there's Buddha's a lot of waiver wire guys. Buddha Baker is a stud. 
He is an absolute stud, and it brings a smile to Niddle's face. It does, dude. I, I love the guy. Love the call. Uh, man, you, he, even without – he got into the end zone. Are you he guys? Did. Are you guys ready for the glitch in the Matrix right now? Sure. Go ahead. The top three safeties all play for Arizona. <laughs> that is... Buddha, Antoine Bethea, and Trey Boston. Oh. One, two, and three above Landon Collins, then Bradley McDougal. That's Talk about in, year long. That's insane. All year long right now. That that's that, insane. That, it's eighty nine point seventy three point seven five, and then seventy three point seven five again, and then goes down almost a full ten points to Landon Collins at sixty five points. That's wow. absolutely crazy. I mean, I, that just tells you that teams are very, 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 very comfortable throwing the ball at Arizona, even though their pass defense is not last in the league. They are just very comfortable. Or maybe maybe a better thing to say is every running back is getting to the second level against Arizona. Yeah. How? I'm still trying to comprehend that. It's 100% true. I had to fact check that on you. But yes, three Arizona safeties are leading fantasy IDP football. It's, it's like stacking the Rams receivers right now. You, that, you can bank on stacking. You, if you start all three of Arizona safeties every week, you are you are in great shape. Now, with that being said, don't play them on team fantasy defense in like a Yahoo league. No. That is a terrible terrible idea <laughs> idp only hands off the arizona defense other than chandler jones they really have no one else on that defense that, that puts up stats hassan reddick's been up and amanda down. bynes brother josh has been pretty consistent yeah all right i mean he's you know old I, I, I still cannot believe whenever i sorted that i'm like wait what did, did I sort this by Arizona? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, it's one, two, three. They're they're doing what uh, Buffalo did last year, and put just t- too many. In. By the way, they're all three safeties. It's also realize that not none of them are cornerbacks. They're all three safeties. It's because everyone's afraid to throw to uh, to Peterson's side of the field. You yeah. uh, you mentioned Buffalo. I just want to throw out real quick. Matt Milano is a good linebacker. Matt Milano. Matt Milano is a good linebacker. I, I was watching Red Zone yesterday, and some of the plays that he made, partic- particularly a uh, an end zone deflection that he jumped the route before the ball came out of the quarterback's hand, impressive, man. Like, Matt Milano is a player. All right. it, back to the safeties. I mean, you're getting – after those three, you get a whole lot of the names. Uh, you can play the Jamal Adams. He's emerging, obviously, as the number four overall. Derwin James has just been electric. I mean, consistent and electric when he's on the field in pass coverage and in, in, in run defense. Rock solid. Brad, your boy Bradley McDougal getting it done. Landon Collins is right there. Kareem Jackson. John Johnson. John. John. John, literally, your your fa- has to be your favorite player just based on consistency. No ups and downs. Just he just kind of comes in and gets five tackles somewhere in the up range, but no downs. <laughs> no downs. He's I had to pick this this week. Demonte Kazee again. That was my call for the uh, not so obvious starter. He's been awesome taking over for the injured Keanu Neal. Kevin Byard's right there too. I think that's another guy that got in the end zone, wasn't it? Kazee. Did he, did he score this week? Maybe he didn't score, but he uh, he got a pick. I know he got. I know he caught. You know, a, a he, he caught a ball thrown to ball. someone else, which is more than Curtis Samuel did this week. <laughs> hey, hey. God, I love it. I love it. <sighs> All right, you guys ready to uh, head to the nine to fives? Yeah, it's about that time, my man. It is. I wish we could just keep recording all the time, but you know what? 
you, you suckers got to pay us to do that. We just we got to go make the uh, actual cheddar that keeps the show going. Got to go get that get that big bank. Yes, does big bank take a little bank? Nineteen uh, cornerbacks and safeties had more receptions than Curtis Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect note to end the show on. Mm. Curtis Samuel owners unite. Barks out. <laughs> Good night. See ya. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.